The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay, here we are, continuing with wise speech. And I want to I want to talk now about um, more directly about speaking and listening, speaking and listening as a practice, as a spiritual practice. And so <clears throat> in starting to look at, you know, maybe looking at wise speech, taking a moment to remembering what we have covered of, you know, wise view and wise intention. Imagine that you have three cups. So you have wise view, you have wise intention, And on top, maybe wise speech. You know, it may be wise speech, maybe a manifestation of, like, we, in some ways, we have been talking about a manifestation of your views and a manifestation of your intentions. <clears throat> and sometimes we have multiple intentions. So we start with ourselves, you know, in this practice, we are, <clears throat> we're practicing for, our, for ourselves and also for the benefit of others, but we bring, we bring ourselves here. So internally, looking at this mind-heart, we look at our views, our, our intentions, and there may be moments in which we are speaking in which there may be more than one intention. Sometimes when we're speaking, you know, we, like, what is the purpose? Why, why it is that we're speaking? And there may be multiple intentions. And within those intentions, there are behind the intentions, there may be some motivations. There may be some tendencies. There may be <clears throat> something that we want. There may be... Um, uh, there may be not only wholesome qualities, but also unwholesome qualities. There may be some greed. There may be some ignorance. There may be some delusion, or there may be some wisdom. So as you cultivate this path, notice that when we speak, and when we and we will see this when we talk about other factors, <clears throat> that... You know, there may be like a main intention that drives us into speaking. And within that, that there may be some basic uh, views or beliefs that, you know, we carry and that may, we may not even notice, you know, from our families, our cultures, uh, how we are grown, in, you know, in society. 
And all that is manifested in our speaking. And that speaking is not only through words, but is also spoken through our bodies. There's a body language, there, there are gestures, there are ways in which we communicate through our eyes. I mean, even culturally, I would say <clears throat> that um, when, I, when my grandparents were alive, um, in my culture, um, out of respect, I would not look directly to them if I would be speaking something, you know, like something really serious or, but, you know, I will put my head down or, so it's, it's good to be open and receptive to not assuming that we know everything about the other person that is in front of us of that we are interacting with, but to be open, to be open to receive this person with even sometimes a don't know mind. Like, who is this human being that is in front of me speaking? Even if it is a family member, a partner, a friend that, you know, is our lifelong friend, and we think that is the same person, but it ha this person may have changed. They, they also have had many experiences through the years. So looking at this person and listening with curiosity, with wonder, like Chris was saying or someone else was saying, well, I wonder what, what is this person telling me? You know, I wonder what is this person telling me, not only through the words, but also how this person is manifesting themselves in front of me. <clears throat> so... You know, there's, uh, Chris mentioned that I was on retreat for the past months. And there was a teaching that, um, that it has stayed with me and just came up as we were talking and as um, Daryl was, was talking about views. Um, <clears throat> it was a retreat with um, the uh, Tanisara and Kitasaro, this Dear teachers that were under the lineage of uh, Ajahn Chah, which is uh, one of our lineage ancestors here. And they mentioned a story about um, a nun that was part of, of their monastics, uh, monastic community. And one, this, this nun um, converted into being a Christian and came back to the monastery and, start, and, and started talking about being a Christian and wanted to other people to join her. And so these other monastic went to Ajahn Chah and say, we, very upset, very upset, say, we, we, uh, we, let's, let's, we have to do something, she has to leave, let's just She's, you know, bothering people and, and trying to convert us into Christians. <clears throat> and Ajahn Chah said, well, maybe she's right. <laughs> maybe she's right. And that teaching stayed with me because, you know, at some point we talked about it. I said, you know, even if you 
think or believe out of causing no harm to the other person or for the benefit of the other person, family members, for example. You have, you have a valid point and you think you're right. Still clinging to that view will impact how you're going to communicate with this other person. It, it, will, it will filter through your words that intensity of this is how it should be. One of my retreats was with my parents. <laughs> After being a long retreat, I went to see them. <clears throat> and, um, you know, there, uh, as, as many of dear friends and maybe some people that you also know, they're uh, in a phase in their life that they are defending their independence with every single ounce of strength they have in their body, heart, and mind. And so there was this conversation also about driving. Driving. And you know, I was like trying to find out how, you know, how I'm going to say how, you know, is that is this is dangerous. I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to get home alive from, you know, the airport. But still, you know, I could see the agitation. I could see the tension in this body and mind of wanting them to say, oh, okay, I'm not going to drive again. But look at this. There was a different intention there. His intention was to cause no harm and to protect them and to protect myself, or it was for me to be right, or what was there? <clears throat> so I'm mentioning the, all these different examples because there is a process that we also go through within our practice in order for us to know really what is going on in terms of our internal ecology, our internal landscape. And this is where the path mindfulness comes in. In those moments of challenging situations of how I'm going to communicate this, really what I, what I was saying was, I am afraid of losing you. I am afraid of the impact that is going to have you driving. You know, there's a, there's a step there into vulnerability. There is a step there of us wanting to be honest with ourselves. And so sometimes those situations are not that clear and that easy. And for me, what has been helpful is, you know, doing kind of a mindfulness wheel. And I think that Chris mentioned a little bit about this. This is part of the listening and the speaking to ourselves. Like taking a time for yourself and just seeing through your senses, bringing, this, bringing an issue, put this, this issue or this concern in the center of the wheel. In the center of the wheel. And then you can see first, what do you notice through your senses? What do you hear? What do you see? What do you 
um, smell, what everything, like if you will be watching a movie, that first part of the wheel, what do you notice? Then what do you think? And thinking and feeling in this society, sometimes uh, it comes, it, it talks about like it's one thing. Like I feel like this should be like this. And really what we're communicating is not so much a feeling or an emotion, it's more a thought. What are your thoughts, your opinions, your judgments? <clears throat> is the mind judges. That's part of, that, that is a mental activity. We need to evaluate if we're able to cross the street safely. So in that part of the wheel of inner listening to, from ourselves, our judgments, our evaluations, our thoughts, even how, how old, gosh, that voice sounds like really old or really young. Is that me? Who is there? What is familiar? All that goes in that cognitive, that aspect of that will. Then what, what do we feel? And there, you know, emotions, physical sensations. This is almost like going through you, like being honest with yourself, especially if things are not very clear, things, you know, very charged issues. Physic, okay, there's, sh there's tension in the chest. Okay, oh, my eyes are teary. There are tears in, the, in my eyes. Oh, there's fear. There's fear. Oh, there's love. There's love. And then you can move into what do you want to, you know, what, are, what, is, what is the need and what do you want to request, like Chris was talking about. Um, as part of the tools that nonviolent communication offers. So there is an inner process that we run ourselves through or that, you know, we get familiarized in situations where maybe it would be useful to take the time to explore that if it is you're not clear with where you're at, where you're standing, what is your position. And then there is you know there is this aspect also of choosing choosing how we communicate what words do we use when we speak it could be there's a big difference between saying i should and I choose. Huge. There's a sense of ownership, accountability. There's a sense of you, you have a little bit of agency. There are things, you know, our minds, there are all these different thoughts that come and go. So we cannot control that many times. But as we get familiarized of how we think and what are the stories then we can discern gosh do is it useful is it beneficial to talk about this is there's is there's really no harm even though this is a delicate subject if i talk out of 
love, compassion, equanimity, wisdom. It's a very different conversation what you're going to have than from a view where this is how it should be and this is how it's going to be. And then there is the pause. There is the pausing, even when you're speaking to yourself. There is that pause for you to see how is this landing? It's almost like Mark was talking about that at work. Someone said, good morning. (laughs) I've been there, you know, but we don't take a pause. We're like on automatic and we just forget. We sometimes even forget that we're alive. (laughs) So pausing, take a moment to pause. And you can do that in different ways, in different circumstances. You can paraphrase. If you're talking to someone, you can listen and say, I heard, I heard that, I heard that you said that this concerns you. I heard that you said, good morning. You said, good morning to me. And now I'm just going to do this mindfulness will like I told you. It's just a minute. I heard that you said good morning to me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, did I just get here? And I just had a judgment. I, yeah, I felt, I felt sad that I just didn't even see you. You know, in that I was just trying to be productive. So I, maybe I want to do that differently next time. That's it. That's your moment of being present and honest and authentic with yourself and connecting with that person. So, the Buddha said, I love this sutta. It's called the Sutta Sutta on what is heard. The Buddha, someone uh, said, um, went to them, went to the Buddha and said, um, well, I can, I can speak of what I have seen. I can speak of what I have smelled, of what I have heard, of what, you know, what we receive through the senses, through the mind. I can speak of all those things. And the Buddha said, I do not say that everything that has been seen should be spoken about. Nor I do say that everything that has been seen should not be spoken about. And he keeps going with all the senses, right? And then they said, uh, the Buddha, when for one who speaks of what has been seen, unskillful mental qualities increase, and skillful mental qualities decrease, 
then that sort of thing should not be spoken about. But when for one who speaks of what has been seen, unskillful mental qualities decrease and skillful or wholesome, if you want to use that word, or wholesome qualities increase, that should be spoken about. So for me, <clears throat> that has been a very useful guideline. Because when I'm speaking, when I see a wholesome quality increasing and an unskillful quality decreasing, I can definitely notice some of the guidelines that Chris talked about. Oh, I spoke at the right time. I spoke of something that was true with a kind and an affectionate note, a tone. I was, I was sincere. I was not, you know, blaming. I was really being accountable to myself and to this person. So what should be spoken about? If your wholesome qualities increase and unwholesome qualities decrease, that may be a sign that you're, you're on the path. You're practicing wise speech. <clears throat> so speaking and listening. So then we <clears throat> continue into this relational field. <clears throat> we ground on ourselves. We take pauses. You know, we can take a pause we ground our, ourselves or establish our moment of being present, being mindful. Um, we recognize what we're saying. It's like sometimes, and I used to do this at work a lot, I will use post-its before making a call. I would put wise speech, listen, listen. Listen, I will put it like right here. Like I would not look at anything else if I was speaking on the phone. So taking that, listen to yourself as you're speaking. Like right now, I'm, I'm really aware right here sitting. I'm speaking. I'm listening to myself just to be aware that I'm taking a pause here and there. Because I feel also, this is the other guideline, feel the energy in your body. I can feel, I can, I can notice that I'm, really, I'm, I'm passionate about this topic or wanting to share. So I, can, I feel it. I feel the energy. And I can keep talking, 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 and, you know, just flood you with a lot of words that who knows what is going to, at some point, you're going to say, Bruni, please stop. <laughs> You know, so grounding yourself, pausing and being aware that you're speaking, listening to yourself. Um, <clears throat> tracking your emotions as you're speaking, in speaking and listening. Tracking is like, oh, there's something, I feel the energy coming here. Um so in other words, it's almost like the entire Eightfold Path is there with you. It's like mindfulness is there with you. One way or another, you're practicing mindfulness. Mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of emotions. Not diving into it, but being aware of you 
as you're speaking and also as you're listening. And we're going to do this exercise. We're going to break into diets to do this. But as you're speaking, listening, listening to what is happening in you. And also, as you're speaking to this person, you can also see, take, take space, take time, slow pace. You know, take your, take your time to speak to this person and connect with this person. How is it landing? What is the body language here? It said, like, you know, when I was speaking to my dad, I could see him, like, going back, back, back. And at some point, you know, he was gone. And there are other times that, you know, you're like moving your body. It's like, tell me more. Tell me more what happened. <clears throat> so all those tips are suggestions for this exercise that we're going to be doing. And that is practice in one of our retreats. Andrea Fela does these retreats uh, <clears throat> on, uh, and uses some of these teachings from Uteshania, Sawado Uteshania, um, in practicing in daily life, where there's not, there's not a lot of structure during the retreat. You really pace yourself on how you're practicing. And at the end of the retreat, we take some time to practice speaking and listening. And so I'm going to give you some of those directions now to see how it is. And notice that moment of silence. What is the difference for you? How, how does it land for you when there are many words, few words, or even, you know, no words at all for you to receive what is being given? So we're going to break into diets, <clears throat> and you're going to choose to speak with whoever you want to speak, and you're going to speak about any theme. You can speak about the Eightfold Path, speaking, uh, something that you feel comfortable. You feel comfortable speaking. And the other person is going to listen with no agenda. Just being there, just receiving, receiving experience. Receiving experience, like when I say to you, notice your physical sensation in your left hand. And you're just receiving those physical sensations. You're not fabricating anything. So you're going to listen and as you listen, at some point, there's going to be a pause. And then the other person will respond or will speak. And what it will, this person will speak will be mindfulness out loud, like I did it with the mindfulness will. Practically, you're using the four foundations of mindfulness. How you feel in the body. What is the feeling tone you feel. What kind of thoughts pass your mind? What is the tone attitude in the mind? 
and see where it takes you. What is the quality of that conversation? And in that listening, see if independently of the topic that is being spoken about, see if you notice, if you receive kind of, you know, what is the message of the conversation, but is there harm or no? Is there, did you, do you notice the guidelines that Chris were, was talking about? Is it beneficial? Is it useful? Is it timely? Timely for you? Timely for the other person? So... Let's go ahead and choose one person, maybe someone you have not shared with, or actually this this exercise is nice to do it with also family members, partners, friends. It's fine if you want to do that. So as you choose as you choose that person that you're going to be speaking with and listening to introduce yourself set the report a conversation without report sometimes it's hard you know to just go in and start talking okay so Gabriela, una persona más? Okay. Um, maybe choosing one group of three? Or, or, or I can do it with you too. Yeah? Okay. Yo lo hago contigo. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. okay. So, yes, so now let's see. We're going to have 25 minutes, so it could be a long time, so we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll touch base. Uh, let's, let's start with, let's start, um, let's start maybe with one or two minutes of the, the first person speaking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, it's like, What? Is that too much? And see how does it land for you. Now it's a conversation. Now you're interacting with someone else. And see how, how it's going to be. How, if that is too much, then you can just maybe speak less. 
try to see what is the pace. You, you, you check the pace there. The person who's going to start first is the person who has the longest hair. And yes. So, so then, so as I said, you can choose any topic. You can talk about why speech. You can talk about what we're talking about here. There may be some something else that you feel compelled to talk about now. But choose, choose a topic that you feel comfortable talking with this person. It's whatever you want to talk about. But something that you feel comfortable bringing up here. Okay? And then the person that is listening, no interruptions. Listen to this person speaking until that person finishes speaking. And you can see that this person is done speaking. And then take your time to respond to... Say, how does this land? How, what is the impact in you? So speaking, listening, the person who listened will then express their impact to the other person. Okay? And then no more than a minute of two of this person speaking at the beginning. You can then set the pace. You can track your energy, go slower, <laughs> change the subject, okay? Any questions, protests, celebrations, suggestions, okay? And you will switch as you are engaging in the conversation. This is not one person, <clears throat> this is not like uh, the exercise that we did before when one person speaks first and then the next person goes. No, now you're engaging. Imagine that you're out there having a conversation. You can, yes, you can ask questions, though it's not interrupting. It's not interrupting and thinking ahead to make the question. Receive what is being said, and then you can respond in any way you feel appropriate. Okay? And you can begin. And I will ring the bell. There will be, in some moments, there will be bells to take pauses. And I may ring it. You may, you may like, in that moment, maybe, like, What's happening? See how those land. If there's a pause or not, a silence, how is that silence for you? Okay? Okay, you can begin. It's not as, maybe how it's hard to, to stop. <laughs> Um, and let's come back to the bigger group. Say thank you to your partner.
good, yes. Okay, so coming back. And notice, you know, this is, is transitioning is so present in our daily lives, how it is we're speaking now into a bigger group, supporting each other uh, here in community. How was it? That was just a thumbs up. It was an amazing experience. It was such a connection. Uh, it was uh, mysterious. Uh, on the topic that we ended up talking about, that was so relevant and so critical to both of us. And we really got to a level of listening and talking that is just profound. Great exercise. Uh, uh, Rhonda was my partner in this. She was a wonderful communicator. Uh, the thing I noticed myself, the area that she communicated, I knew about that area. First, when she started, my eyes frowned up, and I'm here ready to solve her problems. <laughs> right? I noticed that, and I caught that and let go of my facial muscles. I became a much more active listener. The engagement improved. Just... else fine to share you know difficulties anything yeah um i felt the very power of listening with my body instead of just with my ears twice i felt like really washed over with an emotional sense that that had not been verbalized but truly came washing over. I, I just want to to mention the, that the pauses were really important to me. Like uh, suddenly I was getting engaged in the conversation and then uh, just taking the pause and looking at my body, what's going on, was very, very important and and very, very revealing of the processes in my head. Okay. Thank you. So um, I sent out a message uh, on email a couple weeks ago announcing a couple of events. I just wanted to mention that 
I guess you probably all saw that, but uh, after our February meeting, we'll, we have a social tea where we just stay afterwards and, and uh, hang out and eat and socialize. So it's kind of a potluck, but there's always plenty of food, so please come whether you bring anything or not, but if you feel like bringing a snack, you know, it makes it fun. So uh, there's that. And then um, we decided, for, we've never done this before, but I've had the feeling that somehow mindfulness is so central to this whole thing, and I I always feel like we're kind of flagging and it doesn't get enough attention or something like that when we get to mindfulness. So this time we added a day-long retreat on April 25th here. So this is totally optional because I know you you didn't sign up for it, but it'll be a day in which we'll we'll have a mostly silent but lots of guided meditations and and a, a little richer introduction to mindfulness than we can just do in our afternoon here. So if you can come to that, please do. It's also open to the whole community. Um, okay, so let's finish with another little sit. Short sit. Just feeling whatever energies have been stirred up by this last exercise and Checking in with your thoughts and feelings and physical sensations, emotions. Maybe just bringing to mind what you might have learned today and in the study of speech this month that you might want to bring into your opportunities to talk in the next month. the good and helpful energy that we've generated and understandings that we've come to today. May it all be shared with everyone we encounter. May it spread out from there. Be dedicated to the welfare and the happiness and the freedom of all beings everywhere. 